Hey everybody, Matt, Jess and Dave here. Sorry Jess, just butting in quickly to let the listeners know that I'm going to be in Sydney uh, this week coming up the 8th to the 12th of May and uh, you can get tickets now via mattsfieldcomedy.com then going straight to Brisbane on the 16th to the 19th. So tickets for my show Dry Dryer. In Sydney and Melbourne. Sorry, Matt, I'll just cut you off there. I just need to tell everyone that our quiz show, our web series is out right now. Do go on the quiz show. You can see it on Stupid Old Channel for free on YouTube. Type in, do go on the quiz show, and you can see three episodes right now covering topics like Google, Queen Victoria, the Olympics, and we've got five more episodes coming up. So like and subscribe, whatever that means. They are big topics too. And I said Sydney and Melbourne. I meant Sydney and Brisbane. Anyway, let's get on with the show. I'm still here too. (laughs) Oh, hey, Jess. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com something that we find interesting and the we in that we is myself Dave Warnicky and I'm here as always with Mr. Matthew Stewart. Hello Matt. Hi Dave, how do you do? I am doing good, thank you my man. Do you go on? I will do no. oh I will go on to introduce our other co-host which is Jess Perkins at the other end of the table from me. Hello Jess. <laughs> Hello boys, how are we? Jeez, you've sort of pulled back the curtain there by saying that we're sitting at a table. <laughs> what do you think most people think that we're standing standing up? Yeah, at, at a bar <laughs> wearing tuxedos. Yeah. Oh, I'm wearing a tuxedo. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, you always overdress for podcast recordings. For, for we record. We're recording this on a Monday morning. Yeah. So the the time where everyone is at a, a peak for the week. Everyone's spirits are at an all time high. Absolutely. Mainly because we're not at an office nine to five job. So there you go. Sorry if you are listening to this at your office. <laughs> but also, not sorry. Sucked in. Yeah, we are, are here. And uh, this is the show, well, I will explain if you have not heard before, where one of us, one of the three, finds a, a topic that we find interesting. We prepare a report on that topic, and then we try and educate the other two. And this week, it is the first report from Jess. Yep, it's my oh. turn. Your turn to go on to educate. And the thing about this is that Matt and I have no idea what you are about to teach you us no about. no idea. And I do, I need to say a couple of things to start with. You both warned me. You were like, it's a lot of work, Jess. And I was like, yeah, I got this. Yeah, that's right. We wrote our reports. We also thought, oh yeah, two hours on Wikipedia, we'll be yeah, able to nail done. this. It's 
quite a lot. So please so much tell your friends if you're listening to this because we've put too much effort mm-hmm. into it. Yeah, and now I'm a little anxious because I'm worried that I've missed things. Basically, I'm worried you're going to ask questions that I won't have the answers to. The problem with most of the topics we choose, or probably most topics in the world, is that there's always there's always more. Yeah, absolutely. And you keep going down the rabbit holes chasing new facts you find and they unveil. Yeah, it's more like, and more. It's more like an, a, a, unveil? An, a, <laughs> Reveal? Unveil. Yeah, there's thing. like, yeah, there's a ribbon cutting ceremony. <laughs> Here's another fact you didn't know about. Unveil's wrong, right? There's an opening out. ceremony. Yeah, okay, good. But um, the way you're going down the rabbit hole, like you describe fact finding like a drug addiction. Yeah. It kind of is. Go on, guys, let's raise some money to fight this <laughs> terrible, terrible affliction. And once I well, reveal... Well, I like how you think of rabbit holes as a drug addiction. I think of them as like rabbit holes. Huh. No, but... You know, that, it doesn't it go back to Alice in Wonderland? Yeah. Isn't that where the rabbit hole is? But that yeah, is drugs. And, uh, okay, oh, yeah, fair that opens exactly. up a whole world, doesn't it? Lewis oh. Carroll She's was... She's not literally just in a hole, is she? No. Stuck there and her granddad has to come and get her out. <laughs> 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 no, I never, I, I never liked that. I never saw it all the way through. Is and that uh, what happened? A lot of yeah. crazy stuff. Granddad, I'm stuck in the <laughs> hole. Yeah, a lot of crazy stuff that you would think about on drugs. That is actually... That's so it is, happens, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah, munchies. There's the eat me stuff. Oh yeah. What about all the things that there's a like a like talking animals and yeah. things like that? Yeah. That's more talking caterpillar. Yep. There's uh, Tweedledee a and Tweedledee dumpling. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> That's not right. You're thinking about food Tweedledee again. Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Tweedledee. Tweedledee dumpling. Tweedledee dumpling. That's what you have when you have the munchies. You have the Tweedledee dumpling. <laughs> Tweedle dumpling. I'm actually going to um, change your name in my phone to Tweedle dumpling. It's going to be very confusing when Can I, I be message you. Tweedle D then. Absolutely. Tweedle D. We make such a great team. You little cuties. Um, you will understand once I tell you what my topic is. You'll understand that I have bitten off. More than I can chew, but I'm, I'm <laughs> the history of mankind. <laughs> <laughs> a summary. <laughs> um, so just know that I have done my best, and I've tried to find all the the the. Most interesting and most important facts. Okay? So just, um, I, we could do this together. Look, I believe in you. Thank you, Matt. I needed that. Hey, Jess, you know how we like to start this off, though, is mm-hmm. with a with sort a of vague, irrelevant question. Yep. And, uh, yeah, okay, and I feel like mine, will, mine might give it away, but here we go. Um, who would you, or what would you say was the biggest musical act in history? Musical act. Musical act. Or like a, like... Ooh, musical um, act. Is this like... It would come to mind for me, Elvis Presley. Okay. Mozart. Really? Mozart. Oh, is that what you're thinking? Oh, you're thinking classical composers. A Ludwig van B, a Mozart. A yeah. Like, what about... Um, Biggest all time. B- the Beatles. Boom. Oh, Beatles. Beatles. Biggest selling. Yeah. Are we talking about the Beatles? We're talking about the Beatles. That's really great. That is really great. Yeah. My to- who, are you, who is your favourite band? Favourite band? Yeah. Oh, mm, the Beatles would be up there, I reckon. Are they actually your favourite band? Mate? I get my top three is Beatles, Tism, and Pantera. Ah, cool. They are so different. They are really other. different, vastly different. I think I think Tism are definitely definitely have some influence from the Beatles. I don't know if they returned any influence because <laughs> the timelines didn't quite connect. But there's heaps of Beatles references throughout Tism's um, career. Um, they there was one tour they did where they were dressed up. Um, with big signs above their heads, and, and I think about half the band had John written above their heads, and then about a third, this sums, these sums aren't going to add up, but about a third had Paul, and then like a couple had George, and only one had Ringo or something like that. 
There's only one Ringo. They uh, just, just yeah, I think context- that was their point. Yeah. <laughs> just for context, there, Tism is like a really, really crazy Australian band. For our international just listeners. Yeah, just Check funny and catchy very- and yeah. just the best. I think this idea kind of came about because uh, a few months ago, it might have even been around comedy festival time, I was going through a phase of asking people firstly what their middle names were and then secondly, favourite Beatles song. And then it just got me back into, well, I've always listened to the Beatles, but it just made me really obsessed with them for a little while. And while I was researching, I was listening to them. They're just, they're so bloody good. They are so good. They are Who great. is your favourite Beatles McCartney. Song? Oh, song? No. Song <laughs> I asked or Beatles? I was meaning to ask song because you just brought that up. and then But I asked a different question. Try to save it. By, uh, yeah, okay. I didn't. Anyway, who, who, yeah, answer your, both questions at yeah. once. Favourite Beatle is McCartney because he's a lefty. That's a good reason. Yeah, and I'm left-handed. Um, favorite song? It's hard though. You end up with a short list. You can't pick a fave. Yeah. What? Do you have a favorite? Yeah. What is it? Something. Oh, okay. And my on. favorite Beatle is George Harrison. George Harrison. Yeah. yeah. There you go. The only number one written by him. Yeah. But with the Beatles, he had number one song. No, sorry, I meant Beatles. Yeah. Beatles yeah. Do you one. have a favorite song? Uh, I have a favorite Beatle. Yeah. It's definitely Paul. Yeah. He wrote all the better songs. Wow, yeah. that's so rare. Normally. In, if you found three people, there'd be at least two John fans. Yeah. I reckon. Yeah. No, I th- he's pretty good. But Paul, I think, wrote better songs, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like okay, it. that's interesting. I think my He f- also wrote worse songs. It's hard to... Oh, no, John wrote some pretty bad songs. Yeah, well. they, they, they had some misses. Like, John's bad songs were just, like, weird and hard to listen to. Paul's yeah. were, like, like, like too cor- sweet. Like, and, corny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corny, corny, yeah, yeah. I think my favourite songs would uh, would be Blackbird or Here Comes the Sun. Which is another George. Uh, yeah, true. That but, is a George. And Blackbird's a, that's a Paul? Or is that a... Oh, I yeah, think that's it a, is a that Paul. was a Paul, Paul I think, Paul yeah. Yeah, that, I think that is a Paul song. That's a really good song. I yeah. love that song. Great song. Okay, well, my favourite, I have two. Yep. Uh, Yesterday. Paul, that's a that's a that's a big one. Got a fun fact about that coming oh, up. Oh, good, good, good. And um, another one, which is actually a cover, but Paul sings. Do you know the song "Till There Was You"? Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty. That song. is such a lovely song, and I once listened to that on a beach at night, and oh. I'll never forget that. It was, oh, that sounds lovely. That's nice. It was yeah. really nice. Yeah, the waves crashing away while Paul was singing. He wasn't there, Dave. You were alone. Well, <laughs> he was in my heart that night. <laughs> He's always heart. in our hearts. Um, so shall we? Shall we? Be- yes, I'm excited because are you going to try and tackle the whole Beatles? Well, this that's is- the thing. You see, you see now that I've I've but the thing went is big. It, it's big, but it's also a, just a ten year period as well. Yeah, they um, weren't around for yeah. long, but they did a lot in that time. Yeah, like too much. Um, and I also just wanted to because I didn't know a lot about how they started and and the, their story really runs like a like a. Um, movie about a boy band. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you saw a movie about this band, it's exactly how you th- you think it would happen. Like, they start off really well, then they get some success, and then they have a falling out, and then they, you know, it's just everything. They were a bunch of bloody larrikins, too. Oh, my so. goodness. Oh, well, Jess, I'm going to tell you the magic words, the Beatles, please. I do go on. Okay, well, <laughs> let's let's begin in March of 1957. A, a great year, a good time. Classic. Actually, that was the year my mum was born. Just realised. Anyway, um, <laughs> hey mum, um, John Lennon, who was 16 at the time, formed a skiffle group with several of his friends from the Quarry Bank School. Skiffle. Skiffle. It's great. The word yeah. skiffle, skiffle. is very good. Great. So uh, it's a genre of music that has influences from jazz, blues, folks and, and roots music. Um, it's that type of music that 
used to use like homemade or improvised <laughs> instruments, like the washboard and I the jugs. I was picturing and a washboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, so good. that's it. Kazoos, guitars, banjo. Um, Lagerphone? Yeah. That's no, a, that's an Aussie thing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Come on, Dave. But it's a ridiculous thing. That's it's like insane. the bottle cap one, right? Yeah, it's, uh, if you don't know, it's like, um, like you've got two planks of wood. Um, sort of in the crucifix style shape is what I've seen and then there's heaps of bottle caps nailed to it and then you just jangle it like ching, 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 ching. and that is someone's job and they call it the lager phone there you go that's beautiful um, so skiffle was a very popular um, style of music in like the first half of the 20th century and it, beca- it had this huge um, it sort of became popular again in the 50s in the UK um, now the band originally called themselves the Blackjacks Oh, I didn't Did you know, know that. that they had other names? I knew I knew them as the Quarry Men. Yeah, which but is because they. Uh, that's exactly it. Because the, there was another band in the area that was using the name the Blackjacks, so they changed it to the Quarry Men. And it's not like the kind of days where you can just plug it into Facebook to see if yeah. the band already exists. Exactly. You just both turn up to the show, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh, oh. no, I'm pretty sure we're playing this gig." Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, th- and they became the Quarry Men because because they went to the Quarry Bank School. It makes sense, doesn't it? So then. Um, Four months later, uh, John Lennon met uh, 15-year-old Paul McCartney and he joined the band as a rhythm guitarist. And in the following Feb, so we're in 1958 now, <laughs> McCartney invited his friend George Harrison to come watch the band play. Um, and George wanted to join, but he was only 14. And John Lennon was like, no, nah, he's too young. He can't He's too young. He can't be in our God, band. Classic John putting George down already. Right, right. <laughs> but Harrison kept persisting and after uh, after about a month, of hassling them, they enlisted him as the lead guitarist. So there you go, 14. So they were teenagers. I don't think I realised that, And how early they started, how young they were. Also, the fact that he's hassling and hassling and he's like, all right, fine, you can be the lead guitarist. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Paul's like, hang on, mate, I'm older and I've been to the band longer. Yeah, yeah. Why, yeah why did Paul get shuffled to bass guitar? That, that's coming up. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, sorry, but there's a, there's, a, there's a story. Ooh. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> ooh, boy. <laughs> I do want to point out as well that you are, you have a musical background, Dave. Oh, yes. You oh, I used it. to play in bands all through school, and my instrument was bass, bass guitar. yeah. One of the other reasons I like Paul a lot. There you go. Matt, did you ever play an instrument? Were you in I've, a band? Uh, I've, I've never really been in a band. I've been in uh, conceptual bands. Okay. Were never played together. Sorry, what does that mean? When in your mind you had <laughs> had a dream that I was in a band. <laughs> well, yeah, we've talked. I used to be in a band that never played together called, and this was before. Sorry, what do you mean never played together? Well, we we Did had the jam? concept of the band, and we we organised one jam session, mm-hmm. and uh, I was on, I'm I have uh, I'm a bass owner. I don't call myself a bass player, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do good. own a bass. <laughs> I broke a I broke a string on that bass about two years ago. Still played as a three string. <laughs> which which string? Uh, the G string. <laughs> oh, comedy gold! It wasn't comedy. That's just the string that broke. Yeah, you yeah. yeah but of question. course it was going to be the G. Which, it's always true. the G. Which is breaks. the highest string on a bass guitar. Yeah. So I just like relearnt. The the couple of songs I know with three strings. Anyway, the band I formed with a guy I was working at with at Safeway it was called Tony Abbott and the Moral High Ground, and it was this That's was the this was worst thing I've ever heard. The, and and it was but it was meant to it was meant to be like at the time it was kind of like a it seemed like a kind of weird reference because he was just like a. I think he was health minister or something. He wasn't even that prominent. <laughs> but now it's just like, that's a shit name for a band. But yeah. at the time, it was like, majority of people didn't know who that was. Yeah, yeah. was he the health, health, 
Health minister o- in the Howard. Ah, oh, no, he was in the in the Howard government. Oh, so he was health minister. Yeah, wow. so this goes a, a while back. I was pushing trolleys or something. That's great. And um, yeah, and then the guy that I was in that band with, he he also had a band, and and I was in his band as well, which we never played. Sure. Together, and they were called Kerry O'Brien and the Contentious Issues. Oh my god. It's mean. Well, there's a lot of names wow. and the somethings. Yeah, I know. It's so much fun to make band. It's so much fun. It is fun. Give it a go. No, but I, I was in a band when I was in high school. Um, and uh, we were called Cause of Distraction. <laughs> That's Cause pretty good. Distraction. Cause of Distraction, yeah. Where's Cause of from? Distraction no and idea. the... <laughs> yeah, you're right. It needed an and yeah. the, but that's already too long. So I th- I'm just glad we can all relate to our... Oh, we're all such musical prodigies. Being bands Look, in, in That's right. We can all compare ourselves to the Beatles. Yeah. I if, can play Happy Man on bass. I tried to learn... One of my favourite Beatles songs is um, And Your Bird Can Sing, a, a Lennon song. Mm. I'm like, this is so cool and it's got such a fun bass line. I'm going to learn the bass line. And then I tried to, you know, and it, I couldn't get it in the first half an hour. Oh, yeah. I couldn't get Gave anywhere up. near it. And I was just like, oh, Paul McCartney writes some really cool, <laughs> intricate bass lines, apparently. It just sounds like this bouncy, fun bass line, but it was... It's hard. Yeah. I, I played piano, um, and so I can play... Oh, I used to be able to play yesterday, so I could have serenaded you, Dave. But oh, thank you. My, one of my challenges that I would always wanted to do would, would to be able to play Martha, My Dear. Like, the opening to that is just ridiculous, because your hands are just going spaz, basically. But then I stopped playing, and now I can't even play chopsticks. So, you know... Jess, what does your hands are going spaz mean? Because <laughs> I'm fine with it. <laughs> you can go spaz all day Dave long with your hands. Dave gets what I mean. Anyway, shall, we, shall I go on? Please, do go on. <clears throat> okay, so by the next year, so we're in 1959 now. Right on. Um, all of Lennon's school friends had left the group because they'd all gone on to you know do other things. I bet they regretted that. Uh, d- right? There's so many people in this story that you're like, ooh, you're going to regret that. Right, so um, Lennon's now studying at the Liverpool College of Art. Uh, so now the band's left with three guitarists. Now, I'm not a musician, um, uh, but I do know that three guitars does not a band make. <laughs> right, like, well, so, so is there anyone on drums? No, well, that's exactly it. No. They would get um, they, when they could find a drummer, they would play rock and roll music wherever they could, um, but they would just get like people to just fill in and play the drums for them. I think mainly doing covers. Um, at this point, they were calling themselves Johnny and the Moon Dogs. <laughs> Which is, which is amazing. Didn't um, know that. That's great. Yeah, that name didn't last very long, but there is definitely records that they were billed under that name for at least three times. Johnny and the Moon Dogs. Johnny, Johnny. See, it's it's your favorite. Um, yeah, oh, well, that's how you should make it. If you're going to have a band name, <laughs> name that's what it should be. and the J- Johnny something. and the Moral High Ground. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. The moral another high. another band from around that time from Liverpool called Jerry and the Pacemakers. That's a great name great for a band, name. right? Jerry and good. the Pacemakers. Great name. I love it. Yeah. Um, so now, here, here we go. Now a friend uh, for, of John Lennon's from art school, Stuart Sutcliffe, um, was a very talented painter. He was an artist. And he'd recently sold one of his paintings and with his earnings bought a bass guitar. Nice. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I made some money. I'll buy a bass. So he joined the band in 1960 um, and it was Sutcliffe who suggested the band change the name to the to Beatles. Um, but I think he was spelling it B-E-A-T-A-L-S. As like a tribute to Buddy Holly and the Crickets, I don't really. That don't, doesn't. Yeah. I don't Are you really sure? Get it? Sure, it wasn't just like he didn't spell it just like the Beatles. No, there was apparently. That's um, weird. Yeah, B-tals. it started with the word beat in it, but like Beatles, yeah. But then they changed it to the Silver Beatles, spelt double E. 
Right. I'm so glad they're not the Silver Beetles. Silver Beetles, right? And then it was Lennon who suggested changing the spelling to B-E-A um, to include the word beat. Apparently, some, I did read somewhere that he had a dream that like somebody, uh, a man appeared on a floating pie or something yeah. like that. Do you, like, you know that story as well? Or, like, or are you agreeing because you've had that dream? Sounds like, like, yeah, that sounds like something that would have happened. Well, so yeah. Sounds like a say, Beatles movie. Sounds like yeah. classic John Lennon yeah. bullshit. Yeah, exactly. So who knows how... I had a dream where <laughs> a man came to me on a pie. And I, I thought said, I'd call put it... Put an A in the name, yeah, that's, John. That's pretty much the one I read. <laughs> Tony Abbott and the Peacemakers. I didn't put that in there. <laughs> I said, who's Tony Abbott? And I woke up. <laughs> And here we are. Um, so yeah, they were going by the Silver Beatles, and then eventually just the Beatles by August of nineteen sixty. So it was like so August nineteen sixty. That is when they are the Beatles. The Beatles, and at this stage, still no drummer. No drummer. Three guitarists and a bass player. Yeah, no drummer. <laughs> so there was this guy called Alan Williams. He became the band's unofficial manager. He owned a coffee shop that the boys were all regulars at. Um, he liked them. He got them their residency in Hamburg, which is sort of where they took off. Um, had a big falling out with them when they refused to pay him. That was funny. Um, oh. Yeah. And a little fun fact, uh, Brian Epstein Brian Epstein became the band's manager later and he contacted Alan Williams to make sure there was no remaining contractual ties. Um, Williams uh, openly told him, he's like, don't touch them with a fucking barge pole. They'll <laughs> let you down. Oh, don't <laughs> let me down. down. And they did. Um, so he's one of those people that walked away from the Beatles. Oh, dear. Yeah, he uh, he even had a uh, a memoir called "The Man Who Gave Up the Beatles." <laughs> no, sorry, the man who gave the Beatles away. <laughs> what, what is it like? There's one chapter, and then of the actual story, and then eleven chapters of him going. Well, my life would have been better at this point if I'd been with the yeah, Beatles. Exactly. Probably wouldn't have married that woman. Yeah. Probably what wouldn't I, have had this crappy job. I always think about with those situations, though, right? If he stayed their manager, we probably would never have heard of him, right? Brian Epstein was pretty good at his job. Mm. And like if uh, if, some if all his schoolmates were still around and, yeah. and there was never a spot for George in the band, yeah, exactly. so I was like, they probably wouldn't have really been the Beatles. So it's a, it's it would it's be hard call, it'd yeah. be hard to get over it, but at the same time, I think the the one guy who could probably feel it is the drummer who got booted for Ringo. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's yeah, absolutely, and that's coming up. <laughs> oh, coming Ooh. up next. Oh, do <laughs> go on. A bit of sizzle. <laughs> yeah, a bit of sizzle for you. Um, uh, so yeah, they were. <clears throat> Get, brings me back to Stuart Sutcliffe. So he was uh, with the band during their residency in Hamburg. Which where, is in Germany, obviously. Yep, correct. So they were sort of back and forth between Germany and the UK for a couple of years, um, gigging there. Um, they got up to all kinds of mischief. So by this time they had Pete Best on the drums. Um, and keep in mind they were all in their late teens, early 20s. Like they're, they're still really young. It's yeah, pretty George, crazy. George even old enough to drink yet? <laughs> No, <laughs> and there's a fun fact about that oh, coming up. <laughs> you guys are just oh, you know we what we're talking about. We all think alike. Um, so there's a there's a club owner in Hamburg called Bruno Koschmeider. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's so rude of me to laugh at, but I probably said it wrong. But Bruno Koschmeider. Um, now, so he was the one that was uh, he owned the venue where they were playing the, during their residencies in Hamburg, and he um, found out that they'd been performing at the rival Top Ten Club, which was in breach of their contract. So he gave the band one month's termination notice and reported the underage Harrison. Um, oh. Now Harrison had lied about his age to stay in, in in order to stay in Hamburg. So he'd said he was eighteen; he was seventeen. So the authorities arranged for his 
um, for him to be deported. Deported. <laughs> he got deported God. in late November. And a week later, um, Koshmata had McCartney and Pete Best arrested for arson. <laughs> <laughs> what did they burn? Uh, they set fire to a condom in a concrete corridor. Condom in a concrete corridor. That's, that's very difficult. One, to set fire to anything in a concrete. Two, to set fire to a latex condom. Oh, no. So in any, in, in, he should have been impressed. How would you set... Matt, back me up here. The science of burning... That, burning rubber? That's a, that's a phrase in itself. That's how common <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's a little true. bit burning rubber. No, that's a different thing, though. But that's all right. Well, okay. Well, I'm impressed. Yeah. But they got arrested. I think that's, arrested that, and that's deported a... as well. And then deported. <laughs> yep. Dave, should we pause the podcast? I've got a condom right here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Oh, wow. It's going up really quick. <laughs> Whoa, a little too quick, if you ask me. Oh, boy. A lot of flames at the studio. <laughs> oh, that is a putrid smoke. <laughs> oh, God. It was a used condom. <laughs> Well, we really should have checked. Really I'm so should have sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. So who's left? <laughs> if um, if George has been deported, then Paul's McC- been deported. Yep. Pete Best is gone. So Lennon and Sutcliffe are still there. Just hanging out going, God. Right. So they all get deported. Lennon returns in early December. So this is only in November. He just comes back a couple of weeks later anyway. He goes back to the UK. Um, Stuart Sutcliffe decides to stay in Hamburg um, through to late February because he's, he's met a nice German girl. And he's, he's engaged. So he stays with his fiancée, Astrid. Um, so, yeah, as I said before, they spent two years gigging in Hamburg, sort of coming back and forth. Um, this is kind of where they started to use stimulant drugs, you know, to maintain energy for late-night performances. Viagra. Viagra, stimulant. Oh, yeah, very, right. good. Um, <laughs> very good. Very <laughs> good. Very good. Thanks for patting me on the head. <laughs> I'm, so I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> So, uh, 1961, Sutcliffe decides to leave the band and go back to pursuing his art studies. You know, there's kind of that part of it that's like, dude. But I'm pretty sure he wasn't very... Was he any good? I think he wasn't very good on the bass, right? Uh, Yeah, there are sort of stories that he And he wasn't that interested. But see, it's funny because I I did read that um, there were some reports that people said he had no stage presence. Like he wasn't... He was a bit shy about not being good, so he would sort of turn his back on the audience. But then other members of the band were like, no, he was great, very personable. So I'm not really sure... How so good he was. So, but did he come back or did he stay in Germany and just go, I'm out, He's, send him a letter or something? He stayed in Germany. Um, so I think I think they must have all met up and he's he's left them because he gave um, Paul McCartney his bass and that's how Paul McCartney became the bass right. player. So he sort of said, here, you can use my bass while uh, while you save up to get your own. But McCartney's a lefty. So, yeah. but, but Sutcliffe said to him, you're allowed to use it, but you're not allowed to restring it. Like you can't. Swap it over, can't be left-handed. So a lefty playing a right-handed bass. Right. So yeah. he, And did he just play it upside down? I'm not sure. Or he might have just played it right-handed. I don't know if he flipped it over and played left upside yeah. down or if he just Jeez, played either right. Way, it's a good effort. Yeah, it's yeah. really difficult. It is hard. Like I, um, I played guitar left-handed as a teenager and I'm teaching myself the ukulele now and I'm doing it right-handed and I just my hands just don't work. <laughs> I'm like, this is yeah, weird. It's completely wrong, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that 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 story is kind of um, almost well known that Paul McCartney took over once Stuart Sutcliffe left. But what's less reported is Chaz News Newby. Chaz Newby. Ever heard of that name? No, no but I love it. Yeah, yeah. right. So um, that rivals Bruno. It's whatever that German guy was called. Koshmeider. Koshmeider. Chaz Pete Newby. Best is a pretty good name. Pete as well. Best is a great yeah, he's like tough. stage great name. name. Yeah. yeah, right. So Chaz was a friend of um, the original Beatles drummer Pete Best, and he played a couple of gigs with the Beatles um, 
uh, playing bass in 1960, and John Lennon even asked him to return with them to Hamburg for their second trip. But Newby chose to return to university and later became a maths teacher. Oh, could have been one of the Beatles. You could have been one of the Beatles. You, every year he would start his year seven class and be like, "All right, guys, I'm a maths teacher. Just so you know, I was once in the Beatles." Yeah. Okay, Pythagoras. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you see that as a positive or a negative? Would you prefer to have not had that experience at all and no regret, or yeah. is it just a cool thing to be able to remember? It's just a cool thing to whip out, like to say, "Hey." If but you I chose... fully don't believe that you were any, you would have helped them, maybe. It yeah, would be all right. Maybe. But if you're like, oh, man, I could have been in there and, and I would have written some hits as well. Would you have been it, happy writing their coattails? Yeah, maybe but maybe, I mean, I feel like there you get, it's like um, a decent footballer and a great team, you know, you lift. Yeah. And you, you, you lift to their standard or something. Maybe, yeah. maybe, he, maybe he could have written great songs. I reckon there's so many great songs that we've never heard. And if if those songs were written by a Beatles member, they'd be seen as classics, right? Yeah, absolutely. Just because, you know, partially because they were all very talented musicians, but yeah. also just because they had an they had like direct access into people's minds, yeah. right? Like you, if you're open to a song being great the first time you hear it, you're much more likely to give it a chance than someone going, "Here's a demo that I just made in my yeah. backyard." Great. Still, Matt, that sounds like a really b- bitter man saying something like that. Yeah, no I could have done it. I would have the white album. Yeah, I just would have made it blue. Look, blue <laughs> album. You would, yeah, totally. It would be hard. You know what? Everyone would be like, "All right, mate, good yeah. on you." But I reckon there'd be there'd be part of you who would really believe that you could have been a part of it. Maybe I don't yeah, know. I don't know. That's why. It's Look, hard. I'm seesawing here. I'm no, but at- like all he did was make the right decision for himself at the time. That's right. So you know, Chaz, Chaz has moved on. He's doing his maths thing. Good on you, and Chaz. then is that when Paul's like, "All right, I'll do some bass." Yeah. So that's uh, that, so. When, I've never heard about that guy. So that's yeah. Cool. That was a bit earlier. So that was sort of before Sutcliffe left. You know um, when people always say, "Oh, he was the fifth Beatle." That yeah. guy was like the nineteenth. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So yeah, now Paul's uh, Paul's rocking slapping the bass. Um, <laughs> 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 Weird reference. Anyway, um, so they're going back and forth between the UK and Germany, and in April of 62, they get back to Germany, um, and they're greeted at the airport by Stuart Sutcliffe's, uh, Sutcliffe's fiancée, Astrid, um, telling them that he died of an aneurysm. Ooh. He was 21. 21? 21. Just um, a, and it's a freak medical thing that... He'd been having headaches. Um, quite bad oh, headaches. Man. By the sounds of the uh, the reports or like the symptoms, it sounds like migraines. He was having pretty serious migraines and then uh, collapsed and I don't think they could revive him and it turned out it was a it was an aneurysm. Oh my God. And then... 21. I just love the idea that she didn't want to ring them. She decided just to appear at the airport. Yeah. Track their... Maybe um, Stu would offer them a lift and that he yeah. died the night before. She said, well, an airport lift is... Very difficult to get. Yeah. I'm it, still going to come through and pick them up. Yeah, I mean, it's I'd also probably well. hard to just call people back then, right? Especially if they're Inter- on the move. International, yeah, it's true. Does long, she know right? where they are? Like, does she know I, their number? I think it had happened about a week before. So, well, yeah, I know it's a weird one. Bit of a courtesy call, Astrid. Come on. Because I was going to say, look, like, I'm on Astrid's side. Yeah, I know. For some reason, I'm sticking up for Astrid. <laughs> yeah. That whatever I should, but so yeah, I was gonna before I I learned that he died. I was gonna be like he left the Beatles to pursue painting. Like what an idiot! But he's a very talented artist apparently, and unfortunately died at twenty one. So um, he never got to see how successful they got, and therefore feel the jealousy that we think the others. Yeah, that's from, right. You know, he dodged the jealousy. Bullets. He died on top. Like he was great. He was yeah. in the he was in the peak. 
Um, okay, so now we're in 1962, right? A great year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the band gets a producer, George Martin. Now, Martin's first recording... The fifth Beatle. The fifth Beatle. The, 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 the eighth Beatle. <laughs> uh, not to be confused with the Game of Thrones guy. <laughs> Oh. Ah. That's George R. R. Martin. Yeah, this is, is that is why he's George got Martin. the arm? He must have the arm. Maybe. It, was there a George R. Martin? Yeah, there was just, just one R. Oh, oh my God. God. It's too complicated. Um, so, <laughs> Martin's first recording session with the Beatles took place at EMI's Abbey Road Studios, the very famous Abbey Road Studios in London. I have heard of it. Yeah. We just cut a, cut a hit record. <laughs> it's very, <laughs> so good. very good. Oh, the accents are God. great. Keep guess, them coming. Guest starring Ringo on this episode. <laughs> yeah, well... Here he comes, because uh, this is in June of 1962. Now, Martin immediately complains to uh, Brian Epstein. Epstein? I keep going to say yeah, Epstein right. or Epstein. Epstein's what I know okay. it as. Epstein it is then. Um, so he complains to Epstein about Pete Best. He's like, this guy... Despite his name, he is definitely not, not the best. Top. He is a crap drummer. I reckon we get a session drummer in in for this record, right? Um, Now, they were already apparently thinking about getting rid of Pete Best, so the Beatles replaced him in mid-August with Ringo Starr, whose real name is Richard Starkey, but you probably knew that, Um, who he left the band Rory Storm and the Hurricanes to join them. There it is again! so good. It was a great time for the something and the somethings. Rory Storm and the Hurricanes. And was it uh, Ringo a name that he was already known as, or did he decide to have a cool name when they were a rock star? It was a nickname uh, that started, apparently they called him Rings to start with, because he would wear a lot of rings, Um, and then that became Ringo a little bit later. But apparently, I can't remember what song it was, I did read, you can hear, I think, John yell out, are you ready, Richard, at the start of a song. So they might have called him Richard. Uh Aha, right on, right on. Yeah, yeah, but Ringo was sort of a name that came later. God, I'm so glad I'm remembering this fact. That's great. That's a great fact. I had no idea that that's why they called him Ringo. So Ringo's in. Pete Best is out. How yeah, how Pete often are nicknames way more disappointing when you find the backstory? Yeah, that it's was like, a pretty oh. disappointing name. Oh, he had he rings. rings. <laughs> yeah, God. It's, it's dumb. So uh, September 11 of that year. <sighs> no, it's many, many years before that September oh 11. Um, they, they were in the Twin Towers. <laughs> they were. Oh, my God. Cutting a hit record. <laughs> oh, it's getting worse. Um, they cut two originals, Love Me Do and P.S. I Love You, which became their first UK top 20 hit in October. Which P.S. I Love You was the... Was the B-side. Was the B-side, right, right. To Love Me Do. I'll, and every song on that album had love in the title. That's not true, but... It, I'm only sticking to true facts. All right. Okay. Sorry, Matt. Come on. <laughs> love me do. Uh, P.S. I love you. Love, lovey, love, love. <laughs> there, there was a, one of the... Twiddly t- deed. <laughs> Dumpling. Tism had this album. It was probably their biggest album called Machiavelli in the Four Seasons. And that was like this fake band that they put it out and it looked like that was the band who who was uh-huh. releasing the album. On the back, every song title was... It, it must have been taking the piss out of the Beatles a bit, but it was like... I love you, you I love. <laughs> <laughs> Loving you is the thing I do. And just all that sort of, everything was some variation of I love you. <laughs> That's great. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, where am I? Okay, so uh, yep. So those that song goes to uh, their, for their first top 20. In early 63, Please Please Me went to number two, and they recorded an album of the same name in one 10-hour session on the 11th of Feb in 63. Ten hours, smashed out an album. That is unbelievable. Isn't it? That's ridiculous. Um, so this is a little fun fact. By mid-year of 63, the Beatles were given billing over Roy Orbison on a national wow. tour. And that's Over Roy. Where, mm-hmm. And that's where that hysterical outbreak of Beatlemania had begun. Like, um, following their first tour of Europe in October, they moved to London and they were constantly mobbed by screaming fans. Um, they even required police protection almost any time they were seen in public. Isn't that so ridiculous? That is, what year is this? That's 63. So the first album's just dropped. Yeah. So this, people... this is totally just boy band mania totally, as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, later in that year, She Loves You became the biggest selling single in British history. Right. Oh, my God. That's pretty yeah, big. Yeah. Um, now, the uh, EMI, so the record label, the, their American label, Capital, hadn't released any of the group's uh, records, but they were finally persuaded to release its fourth single, I Want to Hold Your Hand, and Meet the Beatles, which was the, um, identical to their second British album, With the Beatles. So they changed it for American audiences to Meet the Beatles. Um, so yeah, they, they convinced Capital to invest $50,000 in promotion for, uh, this then completely unknown British act. But surely that's just a, you seeing how crazy they're going in London, you'd yeah. be like, well, we could probably do well over here. I yeah. think at that point, English bands, British bands hadn't done well no, ever hadn't. and yeah. never translated across. So and that, the Beatles that really be... started that. Yeah. As we'll find out. As we'll find out, the British invasion's coming. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, the album and the single became the Beatles' first US chart toppers. Um, so it did go to number one. Yep. Nice. Nice. Uh, 70 million people watched them on the Ed Sullivan Show, which was approximately 34% of the American population. That's ridiculous. Wow, one in three people saw them on TV. 70 million It's probably people. one channel, but anyway, still yeah, they, impressive. Yeah, they, they didn't have the, the uh, on-demand and all the free-to-wear channels that we have now. They didn't yeah, have actually, Foxtel. the more you talk about it, the less impressed I am. Yeah. Okay, well, 34% of the population is pretty good still. That is... For this unknown band, you know? That is amazing. And in April of uh, 64, Can't Buy Me Love became the first record to top American and British charts simultaneously. And that same month, the Beatles held the top five positions on the Billboard Singles so Chart. crazy. Top that five was all the Beatles. So that, Can't Buy Me Love, Twist and Shout, She Loves You, I Want to Hold Your Hand, and Please Please Me. That is so great. Isn't that incredible? Like, yeah, so just by the album. Oh, no, but back then they didn't, the singles weren't on albums, I don't think. I don't the Beatles think so. always released singles, but you know, now they'll always include those on the album. Yeah. I don't think they included oh, their okay. singles on the albums. That makes sense then. Yeah. Okay, because yeah, that, that makes a bit more sense. Um, and, and there was something, so this is when their first movie comes out as well. A Hard Day's Night. Uh, it opened in America in August. It grossed $1.3 million in its first week. 
That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's a lot of money. So back then, especially, yeah. And they were pretty crap movies as well. They weren't good. But there was something, I I, I didn't write it down, but it was basically they had like a three film contract to coincide with soundtracks that would go out. So it was like an album and a movie would come out all at the same time. Um, And that's, uh, they were very aggressively merchandised. There was like the Beatles wigs, Beatles clothes, dolls, lunchboxes, (laughs) a cartoon series, which I'd love to find. Um, uh, from which, because of Epstein's ineptitude at business, the band made surprisingly little money. <laughs> oh, come on. They the, didn't make a lot of money. Should have got that cafe bloke. He'd be making heaps. He'd be making heaps. He Don't knows you what it's th- about. It's crazy that they were able to survive all of that and with their reputation intact. It feels yeah. like any band that do all of that stuff now, they're never going to also be seen as a great musical That's really band. cool. Exactly. Yeah, like, our kids aren't going to listen to One Direction and be like, wow, mum. You know, I'll apologise to them for Yeah, like even now, like One Direction are as being quite lame, but the yeah. Beatles, but it seems like they were seen as being cool at the same time, or maybe they weren't that yeah, until knows? later. Because I know the Stones were sort of the meant to be the bad boy equivalent of yeah. them. Yeah, right? and it, it was mostly like young women going pretty crazy right. for them. But I don't know. Maybe they were still uh, cool. Hmm. I know we weren't there. We'll never know. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of how the Beatles opened the American market to British invasion groups like the Dave Clark Five, the Rolling Stones and the Kinks. That's sort of how a lot of British acts ended up cracking into the American scene, which is... And Jerry and the Pacemakers. Jerry and the Pacemakers. Uh, okay, so in, in, by 1965, Lennon and McCartney rarely wrote songs together, although by contractual and personal agreement, songs by either of them were credited to both. Did that's, you know that? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of crazy. And then since John Lennon's died, McCartney has tried several times to make it the ones that he wrote as listed as McCartney slash Lennon. Yeah. And Yoko said no, no. Yeah, Yoko won't have a bar. That's interesting. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Because, yeah, I think there was occasionally like they'd touch them up a little bit, each other's songs, but for the most part, like they wrote them and sometimes even recorded Beatles songs with one of them wasn't even there. Yeah, Yeah, there started to be quite a bit of animosity. They weren't too pleased with each other after a while. Oh, please, please me. No, no. <laughs> oh, very good. So, it's 1965, they toured Europe, North America, the Far East, and Australia. So, what's the Far East? I've no idea. It just says the Far East. Or, ah, the it's Orient. Good. Oh. Oh, Konnichiwa. The Far sir. East. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And the that's, Far East. That's, that's, it says that on the tour. Visiting the Far East. And yeah. the people in, in Asia are like, is that us? <laughs> <laughs> is that us? Are we... From east from what? Are we, yeah, east from, east from here is is them. Yeah. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> Go far enough east, you'll get somewhere. Yeah. Um, and that's when their second movie, Help, came out as well. That's the only one I've seen. Yeah. What can you describe? I haven't seen any of their movies. What's it like? Uh, like, a, like it's a comedy. It's actually pretty... Fu- it's really funny. Yeah. Huh. It's they funny. are. They're quite funny. And it was filmed in England, Austria, and the Bahamas. <laughs> you know, as Yeah, you and do. they do the soundtrack. So their album, Help, is like sort of the soundtrack yeah, to it. Yeah, exactly. Including the best song ever, Yesterday. Okay. Um, well, I, yeah. Yesterday's of help. There yeah. you go. There you go. Um, now, in June, something. this is still 1965, in June, the Queen of England, ever heard of her? The Queen? Yes. The Queen of England rings a bell. Yeah. Ringo's a bell. <laughs> oh, I love no. that. It, oh, man. Oh, dear. I love that it is still 50 years later, the same Queen that we're referring to. Which and that's is pretty cool, right? So cool, yeah. She's a boss. She announced that the Beatles would be awarded the MBE, so the member of the Order of the British Empire. Um, now, that announcement sparked some controversy. Um, some former MBE holders returned their medals. Oh, my God. In That's protest. so dumb. 
Really? Because, well, they were like war veterans and, um, right. you know, had done a lot for Oh, them. so they were the first of the celebrity and Yeah, it looks like it. Because, yeah, everyone's a knight now. Elton John's a knight. Yeah. Um, Rowan Atkinson. Yeah. I think, and it's always for uh, for charity work or exactly. something. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, but it's like, yeah, Roger Moore for his charity work. <laughs> and theirs was for, like, service to the music industry. Oh, well, that's... And that, Lennon that's even genuine. sort of made a joke, like, well, we deserve it more. You know what Lennon's like. Yeah. He oh, changed yeah, yeah. his mind about it a lot. So he's about he's about what my age at this stage, about twenty five, and he's yeah. Yeah, got yeah. an MBE. God yeah, damn what, it. What have we done? Nothing. Fun fact, though. He... If, actually, to be honest, if I got an MBE right now, a lot of people would be returning theirs <laughs> in protest. Yeah. What the? Who is that guy? Who's this guy? Um, Lennon actually. To facty fact. <laughs> he returned his medal in nineteen sixty nine as an anti war gesture. Which is uh, which is an interesting one. Um, it's a kind of a funny story, actually. Uh, he was never all that happy or proud of, of the medal. Um, so four years after accepting it, uh, he got his um, his chauffeur Les Les Anthony to to go to his uh, aunt Mimi's house where the medal was, pick it up, take it to the Buckingham Palace. Just pop pop over to Buckingham Palace and return it with with this letter enclosed. He said, "Your Majesty." I am returning this MBE in protest against Britain's involvement in the Nigeria Biafra thing. <laughs> against our support. Sorry, did he actually write thing? thing. Against our no, support. But... It gets better. Against our support of America in Vietnam and against cold turkey slipping down the charts. Cold turkey was his latest record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. With love, John Lennon. <laughs> and that is why he is not in my top three favourite Beatles. Yeah, he's. Yeah. So that's wow. Uh, he's your fun. least favorite Beatle. Yeah, he's just not a good guy. No, and like he was also yeah. I I didn't realize it. I think I read a, a brief note somewhere yesterday that he was like he's a known um, spousal abuser. Is that oh, right? Oh, really? Yeah, not very good to the, his partners. No. I didn't realize that as well. Yeah, he doesn't sound and and in the more research you do, he just sounds like a bit of a dick, and he changes his mind quite often as well. Like he was quite cocky about getting the MBA, and then he changed his mind, and then he returns it, and then he's like, oh, I regret returning it. It's like, well, just. Come on, man. Just grow up. As far as protests go, um, getting your chauffeur to send a bag, it's like, well, yeah, this guy. Yeah, yeah. He means it. And it's just a gesture because you can't actually take – you can't – you can reject the medal, but the honour itself can't be returned. He's still an MBE. Ah. So it's just a gesture of giving back a little piece of medal. The only way you can get that is if you do something terrible like Rolf Harris and you get it taken away Taken away from you. You You can't get rid of uh, it. Yeah. Give it, give it back. So, yep. old mate Johnny. Yeah. So this is kind of um, where their music style starts to change a little bit with the 1965 Rubber Soul, um, and they start to experiment a little more with exotic instruments, like in Norwegian wood that has a sitar. <laughs> I don't know why I, I said it like, like that, that, but I did. Sorry, the, the, like that sitar, the classic sitar. Norwegian instrument. Yeah, yeah, that absolutely. Is. And isn't Rubber Souls like a, a derogatory term for like white? Soul music, I think. So I think it was something that was set against them, and then they sort of embraced it. I they guess, it. Yeah. maybe. So they Is started right? to. I don't know. That's a great. Uh, that's a great little tidbit. Yeah, like let's that. say it's true. Okay, good. Um, yeah. So like, and and if you you know their music, you know that there's a quite a change. They go from really poppy to a bit more experimental and slower, and it. This is this is where it all starts to happen. So summer of '66, um, there's a whole big controversy because John Lennon made a remark um, that had the British newspaper reporter. Oh no, he had made a remark to a British newspaper reporter. Um, he said, "Christianity will go; it'll vanish and shrink. I needn't argue with that. 
I'm right and will be proved right. We're more popular than Jesus now. So that's quite a famous, yeah. famous thing. thing that he said. I definitely knew he said we're you know, bigger than Jesus or more popular than Jesus. But the fact that he's saying Christianity will go. Um, now, a bit, a bit of a silly thing to say. Um, people set fire to their stuff. Is like, at people the time, burnt the records. Because I thought that at the time he made the comment and no one really picked up on it until Americans published it later on. Is exactly right? right. Yeah, yeah. It was um, widely reported in the US. I don't think the British really paid much attention yeah, to I it. Yeah, I think it was like nine months later or something. Yeah, but the US were not happy. They republished like a, it and then, like, yeah, in the South, it was not a good thing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has, like, it, Christianity is shriveling, right? At least in the West. So, not in the Far East, Matt. <laughs> wherever that is. Wherever that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I think a few people, or a few people, I think uh, a few different um, countries or cultures were a bit upset by it, but it was worse in the US um, where they were set to begin a tour just two weeks after the controversy erupted. Oh, dear. So they were going to go there. Um, it included death threats against the group. Like the US were really not happy about it. Um, and so it says largely out of concern for the safety of his fellow band members, he did apologise. Right. So he's like, all right, I don't want... Matt, do the, do the accent. I don't want anyone to get hurt. I don't want anyone to get hurt. <laughs> that's great. That's great. <laughs> so he apologised. But I just think that's kind of funny that I didn't realise the backlash. And did they do the tour anyway? Yeah. That's yeah. pretty brave, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I didn't... I don't think I'd ever heard the full quote either. Yeah, I, I'd only heard that last bit. And I and I thought someone had explained it to me that he was making a joke, like saying it's ridiculous how we're. But it doesn't sound like that at all no, in the context. No, he's making quite a comment about um, Christianity. And as so. a Christian man um, myself, mm. do you forgive him? I forgive him. That's mm. what we're all about. Exactly. Also, I'm not a Christian man, but <laughs> I wait, forgive him anyway. Did I just blaspheme? Oh. Anyway, what? Um, <laughs> look, I was a Christian man, so I think it's okay for me to it's joke fine. about such thing. And I am bigger than Jesus. Because he was, he was quite a short man. <laughs> was he? I have no idea. Fun fact, uh, Lennon, McCartney and uh, oh, was it Ringo were all 5 foot 11. George oh. Harrison, 5 foot 8. It's the shortest, really? but they were all the same height. That is Ooh. interesting. I read that yesterday. I was like, that's not that. It's, it's interesting. 5'11". I'm 5'11"-ish. I'm Are you? I reckon yeah. I'm 5'8". I think I'm 5'8". You'd be 5'8", yeah. 5'8". So, who's it? George is my height. You're George. Thank you. And Matt is everybody else. I, yeah, right. I think um, I I think I'd read at some point that because George was a little bit younger, like you were saying, he was never quite respected by the others. They always kind of treated him like a younger brother. Yeah. Is that? Have, did you pick anything yeah. up like that? Yeah, yeah. Not not directly, but you do kind of get that feeling a little bit. Yeah. And it took him ages to really start being allowed to write, have songs yeah. included on albums, and yeah. I say ages. It's all um. Relative, because they were only making albums for less than 10 years by the sound yeah, of it. Really, that, their yeah. last album was 1970 or yeah. something. And yeah, you yeah. said their first one was 1962? 60. Oh, 1960. So it was about... Oh, no, 62 yeah, was the first 62, album. yeah, yeah. They, were, so they eight, were pretty active from 60. Yeah, it's so cr- I can't believe... Yeah. Like, when you see footage of them through the years, just how much they change, hairstyles, yeah. fashion, everything, I would have assumed, as a kid, I did... Assumed it was over 30 years or something. Yeah, me too. I was blown away when I found out it was only 10 years and they did so much, so many hit songs, so much of an impact on music. Yeah. And then like other bands who were seen as kind of being their equals or similar, like the Stones, they're stretched, I mean, they're still going, stretched yeah. out over, what are they, been going for 100 years now? So I think they've quite a long time. Easily. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous that they, uh, but that they've lasted so long. Yeah. 
and that they're appreciated by generations. Like my, like I said, they they sort of started to make music as teenagers the year my mum was born. So she wasn't even really into them until she was older, right. and then has passed that on to you know my generation, and then they just keep going. My dad was born a couple of years before in '53, and he so he has some memories. He, yeah. he says he's got this vague memory of um, Beatles fans, young Beatles fans in Australia, dressing as Beatles, like <laughs> as actual. He's like, yeah, the Beatles. He's like, it's like kind of crazy, and it got pretty hectic down here as well. Yeah, like that Melbourne gig at Festival Hall. Apparently, it was they played two shows or something, but you couldn't hear them. People, no. I've heard people who were there yeah, talk about it, like you so couldn't hear screaming. them. And everyone there was screaming. It's like, what are you there for? Yeah. And isn't that kind of why they ended up giving away live performance? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah it, it just was, got too much. Yeah, I think it was just... It was just kind of I was like, well, what's the point of playing if you? Yeah. no one's listening you anyway? just stand there for an hour and get People are literally out. just there to be in the same room as them. They can't see them. It's not like now where there's, there'd be big screens and everything and you could see them on the screen. They'd yeah. just be in the same room as them screaming at them. It's, That's the dream. It's so weird. But First um, stop on my time machine. Totally. Oh, I, yeah. would, I would definitely go see him live. But I think the one I'd go to would be the rooftop gig. Totally, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, 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 that final, the final London, one. yeah. That was in London, was it? I yeah. guess you're going to tell us about that anyway. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. some reason, I was thinking it was in New York, but that makes sense. Pretty, yes, London, I'm pretty sure, and they play Get Back about eight times. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a film from different angles, yeah. Ah, <laughs> so it was, all, it was all pretty much just a big stunt. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, right. I'm yeah. sure Jess will tell us more about that as we go on. So what year are we in now? We 60... are 66. Um... And it's we're up to the Beatles, which is frequently called the White Album, okay. And that's sort of where um, it's it definitely shows their changing in styles. Um, so the riffs were artistic. Lennon was moving towards brutal confessionals. McCartney was leaning towards pop melodies. Um, Harrison immersed himself in Eastern spirituality, um, and Lennon drew closer to his wife to be Yoko Ono. Right, so, ooh. Yoko oh, Yoko. Oh, no. oh, oh, damn, I was going to say that exact, exact little Yeah, Sorry, Dave. I, could, I felt you doing that. Hey, I was just remembering another Tism um, uh, fact with them and the Beatles. They Their last album was also a white album, and it, and it was pretty much just looked the same as the white album, only it was called the White Album, spelled with an N at the end. They're like, well, it's not quite... It's, you know, it's like the Beatles, but it's not. Like, it's everything not is sort good. of, yeah. Um, no, just a little fun fact here, because Lennon and uh, Yoko Ono's uh, Two Virgins album, which is the um, the the full frontals, full frontal noodly on the back uh, covers, front and back covers, full yep. frontal noodly. I read that very strangely. It was released the same month as the White Album and stirred up so much outrage that the LP had to be sold wrapped in brown paper. And uh, the Beatles went to number one. Two Virgins peaked at a number 124. <laughs> oh, I imagine that you would yeah. think that you'd have a, enough clout to get the top ten that people yeah. would want to hear oh. th- what you and your, you know, your lover or whatever are working on. But 120, wow. Yeah. And th- that was their only double album as well, I think, was it? I think the so. White Album. Yeah. And I was like, just had heaps of crazy ideas on it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one with like uh, revolution, where you just go number nine, number, number nine. nine. Do you, are Another tism thing. Oh, that always reminds me I, I of the Simpsons. Oh, what's that? Remember when they're, they're yeah, in the, the bed at number eight? Oh, he yeah. just burps. The whole Barney just burps. <laughs> yeah, that's that. right. And he's wearing like a <laughs> number eight you... turtleneck or something. Yeah, and she orders a drink in a hat. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a, a, I would have a... Shit, what is it, with a plum? It's a plum floating in a 
Oh, Served in a man's hat. <laughs> and he just whips it out. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> That's great. Sorry, it is in fact. Well, no, I, I just don't know if I... I don't, might not have got this at the time, but it was... Because um, I don't think I knew about that revolution number nine or whatever it was. But they, they had a song and the chorus went, number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine. Your meal is ready. <laughs> 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 Oh, that's great. So great. Okay. I've people out there, TISM, it stands for This Is Serious Mum. Yeah. So, what a this is This is kind of becoming the Beatles slash TISM episode. I Sorry. like it. No, no, no. We're learning about the uh, Australia's greatest act as well as the UK's greatest mm. act. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, now we're up to uh, 68, a great year. Um this is where... Have you said that about every year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all great. They're just getting better. They are great. I wasn't alive for them, but I assume they were great. Um, this is where relations between the Beatles were getting a bit uh, not good. So that was great. <laughs> yeah, it was a great year. Um, Ringo Starr quit for two weeks, stormed out. So, um, so McCartney jumped on the drums <laughs> for back in the USSR. They all sort of took turns in a way. Oh, and Dear Prudence, he was drumming as well. Uh, Lennon had lost interest in collaborating with McCartney whose contribution on Obladi Oblada, he scorned as granny music shit. So it's a great song, though. Thanks, <laughs> John. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't going very well, and tensions were further aggravated by Lennon's romantic preoccupation with the avant-garde artist Yoko Ono. Um, he insisted on bringing her to sessions, despite the group's well-established understanding that girlfriends were not allowed in the studio. Imagine the awkward look. Mm. Like you're, you're singing into a microphone, just looking at her like... Go away, I hate go away. you. Oh, bloody. Oh, oh bloody. Oh, just looking at it with hate. <laughs> Sounds like she was a real, she was a real Yoko Ono to the group. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, that's where the that's phrase a, was born. Oh, oh, it's not a coincidence. Is that her name? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Now, uh, this is where uh, Lennon later described describe, um, recording this album. He was like, every track is an individual track. There isn't any Beatles music on it. It's John and the band, Paul and the band, George and the band. Right. Ringo on holiday. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, because he bailed. Um, and McCartney, a bit nicer, just recalled that the album wasn't a pleasant one to make. So they're not, they're not very happy. Um, is this the white album we're talking about? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and this is sort of where they've identified that these recording sessions as the start of the band's breakup. So they uh, they attempted to smooth over their differences in early 1969 um, at filmed recording sessions. So the idea, I think, was um, to, to make a film, but when the project fell apart hundreds of hours of studio time later, no one could face editing the tapes. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is crap, we can't do it. Brutal. Eventually, a, a record producer, Phil Spector, did it. Uh, Look at him now. Yeah. Look at him now. So that was sort of the footage that was used for Let It Be, which is essentially a documentary of their breakup, um, which includes the impromptu January 30th, 1969 rooftop concert at the Apple Corps headquarters, which was their last public performance as the Beatles. Again, parodied by The Simpsons. That's right. Wearing the same outfits same and everything outfits. in the video so and The Simpsons. It's great. I've learned so much from The Simpsons. That was the B sharps, right? Yeah, yeah. B right. sharps, number eight. <laughs> Which is funny because Barney was like the Leonard. You know, really? yeah, he definitely was. Yeah. So would that have made Homer the Paul? I think Homer would have been the Paul. Must have been. 
Because he was uh, like he was writing tunes on the piano. Yeah, and writing stuff. songs. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And then who else was in the band? Apu. Apu. And um, well, Chief Wiggum was replaced by Barney, and Principal Skinner was the fourth. Principal member. Skinner. That's it. So I reckon Principal Skinner was the Ringo. Or the George. Anyway. Only they were a barbershop quartet for some reason. Yeah. That was so funny. They were great. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Anyway. Um, so they were trying to sort of smooth things over. It didn't go very well. They'd um, And they, they split up. They've gone their separate ways. Bye-bye, Beatles. And then for years... Um, so what year was this? 70. 1970. So they've released two more albums, right? Abbey yeah. Road and then Let It Be is the last... Yeah. But they were record- I th- I'm pretty sure they were recorded in the reverse order. Yeah, that's so. right. Let It Be was the- Abbey Road's the last recorded one, but then but released, which is probably my favourite album. It's a cracker. But yeah, that, it's, that's the crazy. Like often bands when they fall apart, it's not usually when they're still making awesome stuff. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. It's and like, oh, hey guys, just about. we're a bit shit now. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. they go their separate ways. But they were still doing well. They just weren't getting along, mm. and they all kind of went on to do individual stuff like solo careers and they collaborated with each other quite a bit um, during their solo stuff even though they didn't necessarily get along you wouldn't really get all four of them together but you know they'd appear on each other's solo stuff um, so there was always speculation that they would um, they would get back together um, what do you think ended those speculations? Uh, Lennon in yeah. 1980. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were about to say Lennon made another comment no I don't no I don't. he uh, a, a disturbed fan uh, murdered him. That's uh, so that famous photo of Lennon and Yoko Ono where they're lying on the ground and he's he's naked and like spooning her, but not really spooning. Oh yeah, that's right. That yep. famous photo that was taken the day that he was murdered. Did you that, know that? I did not know I that that was know. the day. It was taken that that morning oh. by famous photographer Annie Leibovitz. Um, She's still going. Yep. It was supposed to just be him, but he insisted that Yoko Ono was in it, and Annie was kind of like, uh. Uh, she she was kind of like, pretty hard to say no. Yeah, and she sort of had to guarantee. She's like, yeah, all right, I reckon. I can get it onto the cover for you because it was John Lennon. She's like, all right, I guess they'll they'll just have to take it. Um, little did she know that uh, later that night, Mark David Chapman had travelled to New York a couple of months earlier with the intention to murder John Lennon, but changed his mind and returned home to Honolulu. Oh my god! He's a Hawaiian guy. Come on! Well, and then he was like, ah, oh, no, I probably won't so murder him, and he went home. He went home. This is a, this is a few months earlier, and then he's come back on that day in October, uh, December. Sorry. Um, and uh, he earlier in the day, he asked Lennon for an autograph, and then he just waited outside the Dakota. Which did he get the, the autograph? Yeah, he did. Oh, and apparently they chatted a little bit. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right? And then he, um, he waited outside the Dakota, which is the building that Lennon lived in, and when Lennon returned home, Chapman fired five bullets from about three metres away. Two of the bullets hit him in the back and two more in the shoulder. Oh, this is really strange. Um, uh, it's funny, actually, that... It's not funny at all. The surgeons said that uh, even if he'd been shot while on the operating table surrounded by doctors, uh, they could not have saved him. Have like saved he, him. There's no way he was going to survive. Just really survive. good shots. Great Pre- shots. <laughs> pretty sure I remember hearing that an ambulance or the car that ever drove him to the hospital, he'd get in the car and someone said, are you John Lennon? Wow. Yeah. That's pretty weird. Well, uh, it's weird as well. Isn't that you've seen John Lennon die? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, and this is strange. The surgeons noted, as did other witnesses, that at the moment Lennon was pronounced dead, all my loving came over the hospital sound system. Oh, my God. So one wow. of their songs played the moment that he was pronounced dead. Odds are that's going to happen. That? One of their songs. That's true. Yeah. Uh, they were still pretty big. I'd like to point out that it's a Paul song. <laughs> Ooh. Mm-hmm. Bit brutal. Yeah. 
was the um, Lennon McCartney? Oh, pardon me. Yeah, yeah. That was in the days where they were still collaborating, right? That's McCartney Lennon. Thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> According to Paul. Exactly. So, um. Oh, that's that is that is. Oh, I mean, he tell, he's not a great guy, but still did, terrible that he got hmm. murdered. Did, uh, did do you think there was any chance that they might have got back together if he did kick on? I don't know. Probably not. I don't think they. Uh, None w- of them need the money. That's usually the thing that. Ne- the they Stones need the don't need the money. They're still no, but they haven't broken up. They just obviously they just keep like going. each other, right? Yeah, it's hard to speculate, isn't it? I, I feel like Lennon and McCartney's relationship was never very good after. But what's interesting, like we say, okay, Lennon doesn't seem like the the nicest guy, but his death triggered the most amazing outpouring of grief around the world on this unprecedented scale. So his remains were cremated, and um, there was no funeral. Um, and there was this crowd outside her home um, just chanting and singing, singing his songs. And she sort of sent word to them that they were keeping her awake hmm. because they were just standing out on the street mm. all the time, just grieving. Um, so she asked that they reconvene at Central, Parks, uh, at Central Park the following Sunday for a 10, minute of, uh, 10 minutes of silent prayer. So on the 14th of December 1980, millions of people around the world responded to Ono's request to pause for 10 minutes of silence to remember John Lennon. So 30,000 gathered in Liverpool, the largest group, over 225,000 in Central Park, um, all, all gathered together. And for those 10 minutes, every radio station in New York City went off the air. Wow. That's a pretty big reach for a musician's death. Like, that impact is incredible. Well, that's a good one to sort of start to wrap up with, isn't it? Mm. And then John Lennon died. John no. Lennon died. And where are they now? The yeah. They've, uh, oh, no, they've done heaps of stuff. Yeah, they all done some good things. Yeah, they have. They have. And, like, I wanted to uh, go into their solo stuff as well, but there's just still so much. Yeah. Like they all did a lot. I think Paul, like Paul McCartney did a lot with um, Wings and George Harrison did a lot of stuff and they're Traveling Wilburys. They've done too much. That's and, right, Roy Orbison got the last laugh there. Mm-hmm. He got to come back, yeah. And Ringo Starr mm-hmm. voiced the Fat Controller. So they've mm-hmm. all got stuff going they've on. They've all done stuff. I think they all had, did they all have number one singles? Uh, I don't know about Ringo. I think they all did, even yeah. Ringo. I think you might You're be right. You're 16. You're beautiful and you're mine. <laughs> he must have been in his 30s when that came out. That's weird. I don't know if that was a hit or Do not. Do you reckon he still performs it live in his 70s? Probably. Yeah. It's creepy now. If it was a hit, I'm sure he He probably just sings, you're 60. Ugh. He, he wrote, yeah. Oh, man, there's so, like, how much, like you said, there's just too much. There's to too much. To. Yeah, that's it. It just, it was getting too ridiculous. So... I, I just found a few little details. I've got some fun facts and I've got a list of all the awards that they've won. Oh, perfect. So we'll finish on a high just to wrap up how huge they are. So they released 27 studio albums. Really? 55 singles. Um, that's, crazy. that's a lot. And four live albums. Sure, 27 studio albums in 10 years. That can't be right. Can no, it? but that's because they had uh, in the UK. Oh, they were yeah, they, right. Yeah, exactly, they, okay. and they probably so changed I think, it. So I think it was there's 10 albums in the UK, I think. Yeah. Right. That's still pretty which crazy. Is still, which one is a year for 10 one, years. Yeah, well, because they only released them over eight years. Yeah, that's more. right. So, and it's like, no wonder they fell apart. Like, if normally bands now will release an album every two years, tour in between, yeah. have a break. Yeah. If you're never having a break from each other, it's tour, recording, tour, recording, tour, recording. Like, I don't. I, my best friends, I, I don't think I'd be able to handle doing that with. Nah, too much. 
Oh, are we going to record another three of these today? Oh, God, no. <laughs> then two are. Um, okay, here's just a few little fun facts. Or, do I do awards or fun facts first? Do awards. I want to finish with fun facts. Yeah, fun okay. facts. Oh, but I don't know how fun they are. But okay, totally building this up to be super fun. I know. I don't know how fun they're going to be. Awards. Super fun facts. Um, the film Let It Be, so the 1970 film, won the 1971 Academy Award for Best Original Song Score. Um, oh, I didn't know that. The Beatles have been awarded six Diamond albums, as well as 24 multi-platinum albums, 39 platinum albums, 45 gold albums in the United States. Uh, They're also the recipients of seven Grammy Awards. (laughs) Um, In the UK, the Beatles have four multi-platinum awards, four platinum, eight gold, and one silver. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1988. Uh, They are the best-selling band in history. They've sold between 600 million and over 1 billion units worldwide. In 2004, Rolling Stone ranked the Beatles as the best artist of all time. They ranked number one on Billboard magazine's list of the all-time most successful Hot 100 artists. And as of 2014, they hold the record for most number one hits on the Billboard Hot 100 with 20. Isn't that ridiculous? 20 number ones. They were collectively included in Time magazine's compilation of the 20th century's 100 most influential people. And in 2014, they received the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. I know so, we all quite like them, but if even people who don't, you uh, can't argue that they're huge. I reckon there are, there are a few out there who... Mm. But, you know, anyone who's huge like that, there's always people who are like, I don't get it. Totally. It's like, if they weren't so big, they'd be like, yeah, they're pretty good. But I, but I don't get why they're so big. Yeah. I've got friends who just don't get it at all. I think if I discovered them now, I probably wouldn't be that into them. I think because my parents listened to them a lot and I was kind of raised with their music, you appreciate it. And... That might, that was probably true of me too, perhaps. Yeah. But And it's a, it's a great story as well. Yeah. Like that Lennon thing. Is it ever going to... Surely a, a big budget movie should be made about it at some point. Surely. And it probably will. Um, so yeah, Big that's... budget, Dave. I'm not talking about some mid-level budget. You're talking 100 million plus. Plus. Easily. Plus. Um, okay, some fun facts to finish up. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited for some fun facts. Uh, your favourite song, Dave, Yesterday, yes. is the most covered version of any song ever written. It's the most covered ver- song. I knew that because I'm a big fan. But it's a great it's, song. It's, well, it's, it's multiple thousands, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What? Th- yeah, it's insane. Is it? I don't remember hearing... Oh, I know Boys to Men do a cover of it. On their album, Boys to Men 2. Back in the boys. <laughs> boys to Men. Oh, yes. Back in the boys. Um, and I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure yesterday, that's the one that he claims that he wrote in a dream. Yesterday. Ah. And he wrote up, came up with the... Yeah, yeah. Woke up and he would be like... He was singing... Something scrambled, scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs. He was singing scrambled eggs Honey, just to Honey, I himself. like your legs. Yeah, yeah, just so that he would remember the tune. The tune. While oh, he wow. like ran to write it down, and a guy on a pie came to yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's These those, guys, those, those stories. Oh boy, mm. Paul McCartney's name isn't Paul; it's James. Really? Is yeah. Paul a middle name? Paul's his middle name. James Paul. James hmm. Paul. I did not know that. I oh, know that's a good one. Um, there, he's around... also dead. You didn't? Did you get across that at all? There's this big conspiracy the theory Paul that he died in the in the sixties. Have you heard that? No, and I haven't. there's like a replacement Paul. I and actually haven't heard that. How funny! And that's why on the cover of Abbey Road, he's the only one not wearing shoes. That's that's, that's part of the of, proof for that's them. One of the claims. <laughs> it's People. not just that he just wasn't wearing shoes. And but also, um, yeah, all these clues. I think George is dressed in a denim suit, yeah. so that means he's he's the uh, undertaker. No, he's the. I think because he's wearing denim, he's <laughs> the one who buried him. 
One so of them. And, and because he's not facing the camera as much as the others, so it's not the real Paul. Isn't Lennon there's... in a white suit? Yeah, that's because he's he's Part something as well. Yeah, yeah. And then there's this other well. thing. Um, that in one of their tracks, uh, if you play it backwards, it sounds like Paul is no more or something. It's <laughs> yeah. not even. It's like why wouldn't they say it? Say the exact words. Paul's dead. Like. Why the, the all the clues are so vague? Oh, that's great. That's I don't. Great. I I choose that's to believe he's alive. I well, I think he definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> well, the fact he that just he, had a hit song with Rihanna last year. I was going to say, yeah. But he's still writing hits. Oh god. Um, there are around. There's a couple more fun facts. There are around seventy famous and not so famous people on the cover of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Um, including Mae West, Edgar Allan Poe, Bob Dylan, Stuart Sutcliffe. Oh, that's cool. little uh, shout-out oh, to their, their nice. fallen bass player. Uh, Marilyn Monroe, Laurel and Hardy, Karl Marx, Oscar Wilde, Lewis Carroll, Albert Einstein, um, are all all on the front of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Do you know it's that? It's a cool cover. It's a pretty I cool cover. But, yeah, you, I wouldn't even think to look. Um in an early interview, George Harrison let slip that he liked jelly babies. <laughs> Whoopsie. Consequently, he was pelted with them at gigs for years afterwards. <laughs> this could be painful, especially in America where oh. jelly babies weren't available, so fans threw harder jelly beans instead. Oh my god. <laughs> He's like, stop. I don't stop. I like them that lean. much. <laughs> and the last one, this is probably one of my favourite facts that I've learnt. Um, the band bought the Greek island of Leslo, surrounded by four smaller islands, one for each beetle, wow. for £95,000 in the summer of 1967. They that... sold it a few months later, bored with the idea. <laughs> that... Oh my God, I never knew that. That is awesome. They bought a Greek island, they bought an... surrounded by four little ones so they could have an island each. Oh, I love a band was going to buy Bored with the idea. I love that though, because like 67, they're still in their 20s. Like they're so young, they're just they're, they're young guys with too much money. And they own an island. Eat. Did you know this? Just to drag one more fun fact out, that George funded the life of Brian, the Monty Python the movie. I yes, do, yeah, I'd forgotten that. But and I'm fairly sure it, yeah. that he risked a lot he, of his money. It, I that. think it was pretty much everything he had, like all in. And he didn't. And I don't think Monty Python realized that because they would have assumed that oh, he's a Beatle. He'll, yeah, he'll exactly. Have a billion so, dollars. so they were like. They didn't feel as much pressure as they would have. They've they're said like, oh, yeah, since yeah. they're like, oh my God, if we knew that George Harrison wow. would have gone bankrupt based on this. Because they, they were worried that the movie, apparently the movie to them wasn't looking great and it wasn't getting great um, a great reception until they really finished it off with the music and everything. Yeah. And then it was obviously a big hit that made a lot of money. Oh. But ugh. but maybe it's better they didn't know. I think it definitely it's was definitely better they better didn't know. know. Yeah. Pretty I think stressed out. Oh, I think Life of Brian might be my favourite. I think oh, I just love cold. how the yeah, that is. the the Beatles reaches just everywhere. Yeah. So I hope you learned something. I hope I definitely uh, did. Yeah, I did. Hope too. that was interesting for you. It was very interesting. Good, good. Hopefully, yeah. I feel like now I just want to go home and listen to their back catalogue again. Yeah, I want to watch their movies. Yeah, I haven't seen any of them. Let's yeah, let's get them out on the yeah. We could talk about this after the podcast. <laughs> No, we, no, should, no. we should watch it out the back. But if you say it now, then I'm contractually obliged yeah, to agree and come and watch it with you. Well, there you go. Thanks, Jess, for educating us about all things Beatles. Thank you. I, I hope you enjoyed it. We have all come down with a case of Beatle mania. Am I right, everyone? <laughs> Big time. Big time. Well, we'll be back next week with a fresh report on another topic. And until then, we say adieu and a goodbye. 
or I say hello. Thank you. I was going to say that. You say goodbye, and I say hello. 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 Don't know why you say goodbye. I say hello. Yoko is definitely going to put a stop to this podcast. Oh, absolutely. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.